You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, welcome to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast. Alongside Mike Chappell and Matt Adams, I'm Dave Griffiths. Glad to have you along as the Colts are uh, probably, maybe as this drops, flying over the Atlantic Ocean, heading to Frankfurt, Germany. Ready for a game Sunday morning, early morning. If you are in central Indiana, the broadcast begins. Well, our pregame coverage begins at 830 with the Blue Zone on Fox 59. That'll lead you right through pregame coverage all the way up to kickoff. Just stay with us all morning, and uh, and, and it'll be a hopefully a, a happy a happy morning for Colts fans as they take on the uh, the New England Patriots. Uh, guys are coming off a win over the uh, Carolina Panthers last week. We'll delve into that a bit, but uh, first we, uh, we should uh, start this podcast cast just with a, a quick mention that a uh, former Colts player Matt Ulrich has passed away at 41 years old uh, he was a captain at Northwestern played two seasons in the NFL both of them with the Colts and he got a Super Bowl ring here uh, in Indianapolis not not a you're not going to put him as a uh, a mainstay of the Super Bowl team but hey you win a Super Bowl ring and you're a you're you got a ring exactly and that's that's what everyone is chasing so uh, our, our thoughts our prayers uh, out to Matt and his family uh, to the Colts as well Jim Irsay posted uh, on uh, the the artist formerly known as Twitter that he was heartbroken and uh, saying Matt was only with us for two seasons seasons but left his mark on so many so uh, Chapman uh, an unfortunate way to start this podcast with uh, with the death of a, a Colt uh, Super Bowl champion yeah when, whenever these guys I mean it's Matt and I were talking you sort of you flash to the guy and I remember him but he, he he was a backup lineman but he was part of the team and you know when you're part of the team, like you said, when you get a ring, you get a ring. Right. And these guys really get close in the locker room, regardless how long or short. I think he played five games each year. No starts, but he played. So, yeah, condolences. Uh, and, and some people would look at when Jamerce posts this, says, oh, really? No, he, he he's invested in these players. He is. That That's genuine. So condolences to, to Matt's family. Yeah. So let's get into that last week game against the uh, the Panthers. The Colts come out on top, 27-13, which finally was actually close to my prediction for last week. I, I felt better about myself, and all of us were, were, were relatively close with our with our thoughts about how this game would go, but uh, perhaps not exactly how it would go, because uh, if you take away Kenny Moore, this is a 13-13 ball game. Uh, the Colts' offense was, was none too impressive down in Carolina, but uh, thank- thankful for uh, lightning in a bottle there. Uh, the uh, the pro out of Valdosta State University, go Blazers, and Lowndes County High School in South Georgia, go Vikings. Uh, Kenny Moore uh, has had a pretty good season, chap, and this game, this game specifically was able to uh, show on the stat sheet uh, some uh, some obviously highlights. But but it does not. I mean, it, it kind of. What I'm saying is he's already built himself up a fairly good season playing inside corner, not the lofty stats that uh, that you would uh, uh, that 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 always come with quote unquote great play, but got got the stats in this game for sure. Well, and it's it's just, it's it's the latest step on his I guess comeback tour because mm-hmm. last year was not a good year. He, he's the first to admit it. A lot of things didn't go right, and started with him having his hold in. I think it was because he was here, but not participating because he wanted a new contract. And then he just he just didn't didn't find his niche in Gus Bradley's defense. He just didn't, for whatever reason. And we're getting that two point zero with Shaq Leonard this year, which we can get into later. Right. But no, it was good to see. He he's the and keep in mind, he's the corner that that has experience. The rest of them, they're like little puppies out there running around. Uh, they they just they're just trying to grab bag people around Kenny, and he's sort of the stabilizing force. So it's good to see. Uh, it's good to see good things happen to good guys, and he's one of them. And, uh, again, but he's played well all year. I thought he and DeForest Buckner were – DeForest Buckner was just a wrecking ball. It's, it's amazing how a player inside can do that when you're not Aaron Donald. But he's not Aaron Donald, but he's not – He's not far off. Right. Uh, in terms of the level of guys who are, quote-unquote, not far off in the NFL from Aaron Donald, you'd put DeForest Buckner in that category. He's top him. He's top five at his mm-hmm. position. Right. So, And I say that just out of respect for Aaron Donald, saying that he's, he's, at, he's at this level. Um, 
if you look over the course of an entire season and certainly an entire career, and everyone else is just a step below. I, I, Which some, is not it's no. not it shouldn't be a knock. Right. It's not it's not a knock. It, so it, you're not Aaron Donald, huh? Okay, well oh, oh well. Yeah, exactly. There 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 weren't Lawrence Taylors uh back in the day either. There were there was one of them. Um, there wasn't Jerry Rice's, even though Andre Reed was pretty good. Art Monk was pretty good. You know, Herman Moore was pretty good. But you, but, you don't you don't compare people to like Jerry Rice. It's like who's number two? Mm-hmm. Let's compare to that guy because right. you can't compare to aliens. They're just they're different. But uh, but any more uh, Kenny Moore had had the stats of an alien this week, Matt. Finally, uh, getting some uh, getting some recognition, well deserved for his performance this year. Well, it's really interesting as, as Chat mentioned. He, he had an off year last year. It, you, you just didn't see a whole lot from from Kenny because we are used to him making some plays out there, whether it's breaking up some passes, getting some interceptions, that type of thing. So it's really nice. Uh, the last couple of weeks, they've used him a little bit. They've had him go in blitz packages. He's picked up some sacks. And this week, you know, that especially that first interception, Panthers trying to maybe cheat, not cheat, but, you know, steal a little some points off the clock before halftime. Kenny Moore reads that route, undercuts that, and then he is gone. Yeah. It was beautiful. And that really turned the game turned the game right there because if that after that happened, you, you kind of felt the Colts – Settling this Carolina team's not really going to be able to do much against us if we play our game, and and that's kind of the way things went. And I credit Kenny Moore for for sticking with it through last year and coming back this year and being better. Like he he has played better. He understands Gus Bradley's scheme better. He has found a better role for himself because of the work that he has put in to making sure that he's at his best. And like like Chap brought up Shaquille Leonard. And Shaq is at the very be- uh, the, the earlier stages, like because last year for for Shaq, as we said last week, Chap on the podcast was basically a wash. Does doesn't matter. Like it, it was not it was not any significant um, participation in, in this Gus Bradley defense, which is different from Matt Eberflus's defense, which so perfectly really uh, showcased the uh, the natural talents that Shaq has at, at, at linebacker. So um, it. it if Shaq is here next year, you would hope for the same type of jump that Kenny Moore has had this year, I guess is the point that I'm trying to make, a better understanding of what he's supposed to do in the defense and a better understanding of how he can use his talents to make it better. But, of course, that's a pretty long way off right now. Well, but since we got to Shaq, let's just talk about Shaq. Might as well. We talked with him today. And the the, the main overriding difference between Kenny Moore and Shaq is contract. I mean, Kenny got a good contract, but he didn't get Shaq money. You know, and Shaq's going to count roughly $20 million, $21 million against the cap next year. And this is where, if you are so inclined, that you can part ways. And he counts, I think, $8 million against the cap, $12 million, you, you you create cap space. We talked to him today, and, you know, last week he was pretty open about wanting to play more and they want more splash plays. And I asked him today is, you know, they want more splash plays, but you're not playing third down, which is like, you know, splash play down. That, that's yeah, splash that's play. Down. You, you, you can get, you certainly can get forced fumbles and things on earlier downs, but that that's when you sort of do it. And we talked to Gus Bradley early in the week and he said, Hey, we've had really good conversations and I've kind of explained, well, that's fine. But, Shaq, all, all, all he can do is go by what he sees, and he sees no very little time, if at all, on third down. Mm-hmm. And I thought when I saw that Zaire was ruled out last week that if Shaq was going to see back to Shaq time, that's it. That, that's when it was. And no, it wasn't. He he, he and he and EJ Speed split time on third down. And, and Sagun Alube took every took all 71 snaps at Mike and this is a guy and I, I'm not down playing Alubi at all he had played 10 plays on on defense this year so in Shaq's frustration today was still there maybe a notch higher because I think he saw that if not in Carolina win yeah so barring I shouldn't say barring an injury because they had an injury and it didn't change with with Zaire so, barring an injury to, to EJ Speed. To everybody. Well, <laughs> really, really. And that's sort of that's sort of what he alluded to. Is, you know, they're saying this, they're saying that, they're explaining what I can do, what I can't do, and what, what I need to do. And then he's told, well, you're not going to play third down this week. And he was told that, obviously, after they found out that, that Zaire wasn't going to play. So, he's not happy with it. He's not, he's not being – I don't think he's being disruptive 
he, I think he's doing it the right way. But we were talking, uh, we've both, I mentioned it last week and in a story I posted on Shaq and James Boyd the Athletic did as well. He, he took it a step further. He, he had to do his five things to, to look for as a season and the right. rest, two, whatever it is, two months, whatever. And one of them that, that is that Shaq plays his last down as a Colt. He, he went there, you know, which, which is what, it's kind of like the elephant in the room is what might they do. And I, I wrote that last week about these are the options. I didn't go that this but is going to be gonna it. happen, right. Which maybe it is. But I'm telling you, we're talking to Shaq, and that's the one question. That's where we didn't go today with him. It was everything else, and, and the next follow-up would have been, maybe it's a bit early, I don't know. Do you want to be here, or do you want to be here what, next do you, year? Where do you see your future with this team? Yeah. But, again, uh, we're all around Shaq, and, and James, you, you wait your turns on questions, and once you get it, you, you ask a bunch because that's what you do. But James asked Shaq something about meeting with Gus and being told this, that, and the other. And I'm telling you, if look, I told James, if looks could kill, you would have fallen dead by his locker. Yes. Because you, you, we've talked about this before, but Shaq is a guy, and he's told us, that he, he and his, his people around him, they look for things to motivate him. Mm-hmm. I mean, they look everywhere. They turn over every rock which i i think i'd just wear my rear end out <laughs> to do that right but there was no question that shack was it w- w- it was brought to his attention what james wrote and i'm telling you he, he it's that glare that sometimes you get from maybe the wife when you do something stupid which mm-hmm. we all do but speak for yourself no definitely. yeah really yeah, yeah but it was one of those like you're it, it, i i was almost expecting next question or somebody else, but but he, he 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 addressed it. But that's the one place we've not gone with him yet is with the way that you're being used in this defense. Where do you see your future? It's obvious that Zaire Franklin is the linebacker focal point of this defense. Right. It just is. It, it, right now, it's, it, it's Zaire, Buck, and Kenny Moore. Uh, well, where it used to be, Shaq was part of that triangle. So. Uh, Next, not next week, maybe with it being holiday, but the week after, at some point, it'll come up, and we'll see where he goes with it. Yep. And if if you look at Gus def, Gus Bradley's defensive history, I mean, he had Bobby Wagner in Seattle. That was kind of that middle linebacker position that did that did so well. Um, so translating that over here, the middle linebacker Zaire Franklin uh, is kind of taking over that role. Um, but I'll say Matt to Shaq's credit, even though he only participated in. What percentage of snaps? Less than 50 last week? It was 55%. 55%. It was. So that's what it was, 55%, right around 50%. And Sagoon Luby had 100% of the snaps. The Colts' leading tackler against the Carolina Panthers was Shaquille Leonard. In 39 snaps, I believe he had 10 tackles. That's pretty darn good. That is a good ratio. So, I mean, it might not be splash plays, but Shaq can say... Well, if you want consistency, I'm out there tackling everybody all the dang time. Not Saguna Luby, who's getting 100% of the snaps and only has six or eight tackles, however many it was. I had literally half the number of snaps and double the amount of tackles nearly as this guy. So so I, you know, I completely understand Shaq's point of view that he should be in the lineup from that perspective. I, I feel like the last couple of weeks is this has kind of been a, a sub headline story for for the, the Colts you know what, what are you doing with with Shaq Leonard I do feel last week he was around the ball a little bit more than I had seen him in recent weeks and then of course it did pop off the stat sheet when I looked at the box score especially because it, it did feel you know you're watching the game I feel like maybe Shaq's had a few more tackles this mm-hmm. weekend than he has and you look at the box score there he's got double digit tackles now you know we didn't have a sack strip or a fumble forced fumble or an interception or anything like that but around the ball if you're in there maybe some of those things start to loosen up a little bit. Right. And, you, and and I think the uh, the overarching idea behind what comes next for Shaquille Leonard is you don't pay $19 million for a guy who has 10 tackles right. a game. Like, you don't pay $19 million for, for that. So you, you need the sacks. You've got to have and, and Shaq says, like, he, he doesn't blitz now in this system, so that's something he doesn't do. Like, you, you need the interceptions. You need the forced fumbles in order to justify – a team spending that much money on you, and, there, and there's a good chance they're going to extend Zaire next next offseason, right? 
Because he, he's grossly underpaid. Because remember when he got his, his extension, he said, yeah, that was special teams-ish. Right, and it was four years, $12 million or something like that. It was three for 12. Three for $12 million. Right. There you go. So, and now he's still he, not playing last week. He, I believe he still leads the league in tackles. Mm-hmm. And, and, you can rem, and you remember tackles. Some, some, we've talked, sometimes a guy gets 15 tackles. You think, really? I don't remember any of them. Almost like what you mentioned about with Shaq last week. Zaire's made some, yeah, you remember him. Mm-hmm. You know, that was it the fourth and two or fourth and one against uh, Derrick Henry. Right. So uh, it's going to be really interesting. They're going to have flexibility with what they do roster-wise, money-wise, as long as your quarterback's on his rookie deal. But you got some decisions to make. I'll go back to the Panthers game real quick. I seem We seem to have wrapped up a, a nice tidy bow on Shaq. But I, I'll, I'll add this for my thoughts watching the Panthers game. The Colts got a lot of favors there from Carolina. Ten penalties, 81 yards. It seemed like a couple of them were at crucial times. Like, if if that was us in that old press conference room talking to Frank Reich after that game, I know that that would have been a prime focus. And I haven't followed Carolina news this week or anything, what he's said. Right now it's all about Bryce Young. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm sure that he was, like, at looking at the film, he was not happy about those penalties. So that goes to, once again, the Colts needed a lot of help in this game they got it from kenny moore and it's hard to call that help because he's like on your team but i mean the offense needs a lot of help help i guess yes they got help from the defense they got help from carolina committing penalties at crucial times i I think there was a lot if if there wasn't for if it wasn't for some outstanding play for kenny moore and some big mistakes from carolina we would have thought this game we would have seen this game i think for more of the ugly show that it really was underneath those couple things and we've talked about this before like with gardner Minshew. I thought early on they decided they determined that we can't lo- we can't do something to lose this game. They saw that Carolina was not going to they were going to lose the game. <laughs> right. They, they, <laughs> they were going to let them do yeah. it. They, I think they just decided hey they're not going barring turnovers they're not going to put up 20 on us. And and we saw a really really passive non-aggressive offensive approach. Right. What was it? Seventy-eight yards rushing against one of the worst yeah, run defenses. Two point six yards per carry. For yeah, the team. and I understand that the Panthers loaded the front and they were telling they were daring Minshew to throw the ball, which Steichen was saying we're not going we're not throwing the ball down the field. Yeah, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. Yeah, and that's I, I was stunned when I looked. One hundred ninety-eight yards total offense. That's like the fifth fewest in franchise in, in Colts history in Indy history in a win. And it's only the third time this year that a team has won in the league with less than 200 yards on total offense. So that's not that's not a you you can't now. It's not that, a winning recipe usually. Maybe this week. I mean, I, Patriots aren't very good either. They're not yeah. very good either. But it, 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 until and we've been down this road before. Until Minshew and the and the passing game ex- exerts itself, shows something down the field. This is what they're going to run into, which is, you know, eight guys in the box or whatever. So I, it's going to be interesting to see how much freedom they give Minshew to try to win a game. I don't know how you phrase it, but that game, they weren't, they weren't going to mess around and have a dumb throw or, a, or, or whatever. And what the only turnover they had was McKenzie's muff punt. They've been their four wins. They've got one one turnover, and that's it. The and that's fun. it. There that's you it. go. So so that that's a, a, an ideal way of doing it. But boy, you can't. You just history shows you can't win very often with 198 yards total offense. But like you said, a uh, possibility uh, the ability to do that this week just because the Patriots have not been anything to to write home about this year. Uh, two and seven on the year. Uh, their last place in the AFC East. The Colts are four and five. They're in the AFC South now. I'll say this about the Patriots: their schedule has been bonkers tough. Like it's been very difficult entering this year. Uh, the Patriots had the presumed most difficult schedule. In the NFL, in AFC fact. AFC East. Yes, because they play in the AFC East. They have to play the Bills. They have to play the um, the, the Dolphins and the Jets, who were, who, were, who were probably playing better than people thought they'd play with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Until the last few games. Until the last few games. But all that to say, the Patriots already have played the Dolphins twice. They've played the Bills twice. They've played the Eagles. They've played the Cowboys, who are both really good teams. Uh, they've played uh, a lot of tough games there. That's six games against against four teams that all have Super Bowl aspirations or at least deep playoff run aspirations themselves. So 
But also, the Patriots have lost to the Raiders and they've lost to the Commanders. So those are both teams that are kind of similar in terms lost of the Colts. Lost to the thing. Saints, 34 zip. Yeah. So, I mean, the Colts lost to the Saints too, but at least it was a closer game that time. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, they, they've played tough teams, but they also haven't looked great against uh, average teams or mediocre teams. So Did, I was – I threw a note in yesterday about it with – and it's, this is – Shane Steichen was asked this yesterday about can you believe there's questions to Bill Belichick that do you think – do you believe you're coaching for your job? Yeah. And a, guy, a, a writer, a well-known national writer for the Boston Globe, he wrote that. And normally when I read things, I think, ah, that guy's who, – who the heck is that guy? Well, this guy I've heard of. It's ben Valen, I think it is. Ben, yeah. And it was kind of like, uh, you know, it's not a – what was it? it was, it's not 100% that he won't get fired. You know, th- this was before the Washington game. If they lose to the Washington and then lose to the Colts, you know, Robert Kraft is getting tired of this. Mm-hmm. So there would be – can you imagine if, if that – far-fetched happens and the Colts are the last the Colts are the one that pound the nail in the coffin give, give a little solace to this fan base for the for the years <laughs> I, gone I, by. I, I just can't I can't see that happening I just can't but it's I think that it's pretty well understood I think that this is his last year there because they've got they've got to transition to something they just can't keep holding on but that's their problem we, we've been through right. that stuff and it's no fun Mid-season changes are really no fun. I can't imagine, I can't imagine what it will be like in Foxborough if Kraft's, you know, pessimism bubbles to the surface and he changes coaches. I just can't see it. Well, the great coincidence of this scenario would be if this is the game to spark change there. Last year was the game to spark change right here in Indianapolis as Chad makes a sour face. 26 to 3 was the final score. I was there. One of the many games that I have gone to. See, this is Dave. You're welcome. This is a you. Like, listen, like, seriously, it is me. I am the problem. It's me. Because our very own Chris Woodlick back there in the office just came back from the road this week where they get the win in Carolina. Chris Woodlick has been to eight straight Colts road games where they have won the game. Eight in a row wins for Chris Widlick on the road. And then there's me with all the disaster that I have brought forth with the Vikings game last year, the Patriots game last year, the streak in Jacksonville. In any Jacksonville game and on the road. Exactly. All, all, all of it. So you know, it's it's. These these guys have got all these analytics and dietitians, and they try to find reasons. Do we need to change hotels? It's Occam's razor. Yeah, it's the simplest thing. It's you. It's me. This is a you issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to argue against that point. It really is. So I, I, it's all for naught. But fortunately for the Colts, I'm done with my road trips this year. So no more for me. Uh, we've got everybody else in the department going on road trips from here on out. So the road team marked safe for right. Dave Griffith. So yes. the only. <laughs> But the only road game they've lost is you. Yes, the Jacksonville game. Okay. That's correct. I just, I, I just wanted to... Just going to get straight. I was there for the Baltimore win, to be fair. I, I pull out one every once in a while just that, to keep, the, that, keep that, people off my back. That's the Matt Gay game. Yeah, it is. Nobody takes credit for that except for no, Matt Gay. It's, it's right. No no doubt about that. Um, but, but yeah, that, that game last week, last year, the 26-3. Like, and like, th- there was part of you that could see that coming with Sam Ellinger playing a Bill Belichick defense, who is like, Ellinger wasn't a rookie last year, but he essentially was in terms of, uh, in terms of experience and what Bill Belichick's record is against rookie quarterbacks and how poorly that Colts offensive line was playing and Matt Judon on the other side just tearing it up. Two or three of the, of the first four or five plays. Just, he, just little stunts. Right. <laughs> Come around the inside, round the inside, round the inside. If you don't stop it, we're not going to stop exactly. it. Exactly. No, why, why would we? And that was that was one of the worst offensive football games that, that I've seen in my career, and I've so, seen some. So, so the way that really – let's say that, that it's bizarro weekend and, and they – and they fire Belichick if the Colts win, then it's only appropriate then, like in the second half, to put Sam back out there. After the way Belichick ragged right. him last year. You might as well. You might as well. 
But we can also look back to the 2021 game quarterbacked by Carson Wentz that uh, led to a, a win uh, right here in Indianapolis. Of course, the, uh, the great exclamation point on that was Jonathan Taylor's 67-yard touchdown run. Taylor had himself a heck of a fine game there, but that was the one that, that he really yeah, broke Everybody up. remembers the highlight. Third and one, third and two, third and one, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't remember what the down was, but yeah, that was a great one and a great win uh, that year for that team. Uh, late or middle, middle to late in the year, whenever it was. Was that a night game? That was like a Thursday night game or a something. It might have been. Yeah, it's, they, 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 they blur together. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but all, all time, the Patriots are fifty three and thirty against uh, against their former AFC East rival, and they've won nine of the last ten. As Matt points out, the only one win, quarterbacked right. by uh, by Carson Wentz. There, uh, he got here, signed here. this week. He did. He's in LA. LA. How about that? The Rams. Zombie apocalypse is upon us because Carson Wentz and Jacob Eason returned to the NFL oh on the same gosh. day. That that is that is something right there. Holy heck! I miss where did Eason go? Uh, the Giants. Good for oh, which is where quarterbacks go. go to die. Absolutely. Oh my gosh! The, them starting Tommy DeVito to me as, as a guy. Who I went, thought it was Danny DeVito. I, but I, I know, right? <laughs> as a guy who went to Syracuse and saw the Tommy DeVito era at Syracuse, I cannot imagine him being in the NFL. Cannot imagine it. So, well, congrats to Tommy and his family for making it in the league because that is that is an accomplishment. And I'm not going to rain on that parade, but I will rain on his parade at Syracuse where he but, did absolutely nothing. But Eason and Wentz, they're going to play. Mm-hmm. Because of the situations they're in, Matthew Stafford, he's got the bad thumb. Yep, and I believe they they waive the other two quarterbacks on the roster, Rippin and someone else. A new era begins. I wish so bad that that Rams Colts game was later in the year. Oh my gosh, because we were deprived of it we last deprived. year. We were of the the Carson Wentz reunion game with the Colts. He got hurt, didn't he? He he got hurt the week yeah, before. The week before, correct. Yeah. And, and just couldn't make it back in time. And the Colts lost that game because uh, what's-his-name made a really great play. Terry McLaurin made a heck of a catch. Oh, yeah. I'd like to have what's-his-name yeah, here. From Stephon Gilmore. I'd like to have what's-his-name here. What's-his-name would be great to be here. That, that's no doubt about that. What's-his-name could have been here. He could have drafted him instead of Paris Campbell. No disrespect to Paris. But, but man, that was, that was a, a swing and a miss, unfortunately, that year to, to let Terry McLaurin, the local indie guy, go and him blossom into a number one, clear number one wide receiver. And Matt's sighing over there in disbelief uh, on the other side of the table here. And, and as, as every Cathedral Fighting Irish fan uh, would, you know, Jack Doyle's career is coming to an end. It's only logical to bring in another Cathedral star. But no, Terry McLaurin uh, drafted by the uh, Washington Commanders that year and is really, like I said, blossomed into a heck of a player over there. Uh, he's, not, he's probably not top 10. But, but he's he, top 15. He's I, darn close. Like, I'd yeah. take he's, him. He's a real guy. But dadgummit, I'd take him. I would need to really look at the top 10 that I would have before excluding him. But he's such a good player. The Colts go international this week. The second German game of this NFL season as the Chiefs beat the Dolphins across the pond last week there in Frankfurt. The uh, home field of Eintracht Frankfurt in the Bundesliga. The uh, German uh, high highest level of, uh, of soccer there, which of course is their football. Um, but uh, it's the uh, third game overall in Germany as the uh, Seahawks and Bucks played last November in Munich or München, as uh, as the locals say over there. I took uh, four years of German in high school and then a semester in college. And that semester in college was the easiest thing ever because I, te- I tested into basically whatever I could. I was like, I'll just take 201 and make it an easy because I, I needed it for like a, an elective or something that I needed you're, to fill you're out. You're just showing off. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I slept through that class because it was like an 8 a.m. Foreign, 8 a.m. foreign language classes Ooh. are the worst, man. Ooh. And I had it in high school, too. Like my senior year, I had AP German very first sh- out of the chute. And that was that was not not a good uh, good memory. Uh, well, it, it was a fine memory because I like the teacher and I like my classmates, you know, but, but it was it was just tough. Anyway, this is not a German podcast. This is a story about the Colts going over to Germany. And by the way, if you are here in central Indiana, watch us on Fox 59 CBS four over the next couple days. Our Chris Hagen is over there in Germany right now getting introduced to the local fare and the local flavor and the local folks over there um, in, in the Rhineland. And uh, so, so definitely we'll watch, our, uh, watch, watch what Chris has to say, and, uh, and he'll be filing reports over there uh, for our Blue Zone uh, pregame show as well that airs this weekend, like I said, 8.30 um, on Sunday morning, leading you right into more pregame coverage and then kickoff on Fox 59 as well. Um, but it's, a, it's a, the Colts' second regular season, overseas game chap uh the first one was uh, against the jaguars in london that they awful. lost yeah 30 to 27 and awful and it wasn't that close and no it was not it was not close and it, they made it close at the end by some uh, bizarre miracle it was 23 to 6 at the end of the third quarter i believe it was right and it was not a pretty game were you there, were you there? 
I was not at that okay, one. Well, no, we'll, Hagen was at that one. You. So, okay. so you can blame Hagen for Hagen, that one. Hagen, the international traveler. Indeed, apparently. he is. Yes, uh, uh, yes. Um, but, but anyway, uh, that was actually technically part of the uh, the Colts Jacksonville road streak because that's technically a yeah, Jaguars a, home, yeah, game home game over there in London, probably at Wembley Stadium, as I assume is where yeah, it, was. it was. Yeah, yep. yep. But, uh, but anyway, we'll see. We'll see if they can do any better uh, in Germany uh, this week. Uh, the Patriots in the NFL are. 31st in points per game. Uh, the tail 15. of the tape here. 15 points per game is not impressive. No. No, it is not. Who's worse? Denver? Arizona? Oh, gosh, I forget. Yeah, it's look right. that up. Take, take a look. Yeah, take I'll, a I'll, see. I'll look. It the, is hard mm-hmm. to only score 15 points. It I mean, is. Kenny scored 14. Exactly. Yeah. Well, technically he scored 12. But. Well, and I thought, he, I thought he, well, he had more touchdowns than like four teams last week. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. The Colts are seventh in the NFL, averaging nearly 26 points per game. and Only team in the league with 20 points in every exactly. game. Exactly. 20 points plus in every oh, game. That your New York be. football giants, 11.2. Oh, yeah. 11.2. Even somehow worse. We're, we're, getting, we're getting down close to Jack Doyle average yards per catch territory with the, uh, the New York Giants football uh, output on a weekly basis. Passing yards, the Patriots are 21st in the league, 202 yards per game. Colts are 16th at 220 yards per game. Once again, like we've already, uh, quote-unquote, sung the praises of the Colts' uh, downfield air attack under Gardner Minshew, and, and still they're 16th in the NFL. Uh, excuse me, in passing right now, and the Patriots are worse at uh, 200 yards per game. Rushing yards, Patriots are 28th, uh, 86.9 yards per game, 3.7 yards per rush. The Colts are 10th in rushing yards, 123 per game, 4.3 yards per rush. So, And they, they plummeted a couple after last week because uh, that – Hurt their average, and then it really hurt their yards per carry. Yep, and not a surprise to see them fall down a little bit there. Points allowed on defense. The Patriots are giving up 25 points per game, which is unusual to see from a Bill Belichick coach team. They're 26th in the NFL. Coach 28th in points given up at 26.9 per game. So you're scoring a fair amount, but you're also giving up a fair amount. We've made for some interesting fourth quarters the last couple of weeks, uh, maybe not the last week in, in Carolina, but the previous three weeks at least, when it was a shootout in the 30s uh, every, every week, week after week. The uh, total defensive yards, Patriots are 16th in the league, so they're giving up fewer yards than points they're giving up which is always a weird thing to say. Colts are 26th in uh, defensive yards given up, averaging 360 per game. Passing defense, Patriots 21st, so right near that lower third. Colts 23rd. So quartile. Yes, can, exactly. Can you be – is it third quartile? It can be a third quartile. In the uh, third quartile, technically, I think that's right. They're in the third quartile. But okay. I thought the quartile is like 25%. You can't mix third and quartile. They would be the top eight would be the top quartile. Okay. The next eight would be the second quartile. The next eight after that. So like uh, what would be 20, uh, 24 up to like 16, right around that eight, that area would be the third quartile. At least that's how I would okay. view it. So you, you think you can use third and I quartile? I think so. You can use the third quartile. Yeah. And then the bottom quartile. Right there, from we're, we're varying thirty-two okay. to twenty-five or whatever it is down there. Yeah, um, let's because see. because I think what is today? Today the eighth. Yes. Yesterday was the anniversary of the quartile. Oh, wow. today's the ninth. I'm sorry. Oh, that was two days ago, yeah. of the just Saturday. Oh my goodness. Uh, press conference. A date that shall live in infamy. Once again, my, my favorite part of that press conference was still, we'll bring back our friend James Boyd of The Athletic asking Jim Irsay, why do you think uh, Jeff Saturday is the right fit? And Jim Irsay responding, well, you just said it. He's the right fit. That was, that was because, by far my favorite moment he, of the press Because he always hires winning coaches. Yeah, well, except for that time. So. And, and it, it, we, we were going on and on the, the top – here we go down a rabbit hole again. <laughs> the top five moments from that press conference. And, and there were more. <laughs> but it was like – there was something about Frank or whatever. He says, I don't want you guys to diminish Frank Wright and what he's done. You fired him. You did it. You, you, did you, did you just him. fired the man. <laughs> so, but it was in my lasting memory seared in my brain is Chris Ballard sitting there on the left and he wanted to be about 30 other places. Mm-hmm. And I remember the, the press conference started like 20 minutes late because they had to go find him. He, I don't think he wanted to be there. Right. But, you know, we've moved on. That's why it's it's it's. I sort of would wish it upon the Patriots media to have to go through that yeah. because it's not pleasant. They would do it better. Yeah, you know, they would do it more. <laughs> they would do it more by the books. Mm-hmm. But 
So there, I, 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 I wanted to mention the, the, the birthday or the anniversary. Of course, I mean, the whole, whole thing feels like a fever dream, like yeah. that it actually It actually happened. happened. Yes, it did. It but absolutely it did. happened. Yes, I, I remember. Happened. It happened. I was there. Oh, Chap yeah. was there, yeah. Oh, we, we were there. <laughs> well, I watched it. <laughs> and he starts by saying, we're just thrilled to be here. You don't, you, there, there are so many more introductions other than thrilled to be here to announce we fired this guy and we're hiring this guy. Yeah. Uh, Chris Ballard, a, a noted Wisconsin fan uh, from, uh, from his history. What's their big rivalry? Would it be Minnesota? Um or Probably. Michigan State, like they they have there's there's all these trophies in the Big Ten, but uh, Chris Ballard would rather dress up in the Golden Gopher uh, outfit and he parade the sidelines as a, as a Hoosier now after the Hoosiers punked him. Yeah, let's go go IU and parade the sidelines for for a game rather than be at that press conference for sure. Um, all right, uh, done with that rapid trail. We are we are back on track. We'll find and, another one to go down. Exactly. The rushing defense, uh, Patriots are 11th in the league, so they have a pretty good rush defense, allowing only 100 yards per game, three and a half they yards will per not, carry. They will not let the Colts run the ball. No, you are right. Like this could be this could be an ugly game if if neither team can find anything going in the passing game, because that that's what Belichick is typically done is, is take. You away. like to do this find something else to do exactly and he's done that against the Colts often like there are times when like you mentioned the game against the Saints Saints beat him 34 to nothing when it doesn't work it just always seems to work against the Colts he he finds a way to to stop what they're doing well to not let Marvin catch the ball whatever it was edge run for 150 exactly whatever you think it's it's the old term about making you play left-handed well Peyton had guys they could play left-handed and beat you right but I want to see how this is going to go we'll get the injuries later on but if they don't have Josh Downs this week, which I, I bet they don't. Yeah, I, I just it doesn't think feel like it. This is where you let maybe Josh get two weeks and and Zaire, maybe, but but it's going to be harder to go elsewhere than JT unless you use JT in the pass game, right? Which they've been doing. But you know, you Kylan Granson, they the pass game last week was so strange. It was like Michael Pittman, JT, and then nobody, right? Uh, so yeah, get Granson more involved. Get uh, the tight ends more involved. So we'll see where it goes. And Alec Pierce. Well, Alec Pierce right. get a target. Where's, where's Alec Pierce? Right. Ogletree. He had the the 19-yard catch last week, but right. then he left the game with a foot injury. So we don't even know if he'll be back this week. Colts 24th in the NFL in rushing defense. Uh, 125 yards allowed. Well, hasn't that been disappointing this year? It has been. It really has. They've, I mean, been a, they've had a couple really bad games. And, there. and, and yes, Grover. I, I saw him in the locker room the other day. So he's. He's back. back in the back in the building. Good. I think he had to be gone for three day, three games. Gone I for think. three games, and then which, he's out for three more. Which right? is stupid. No, to, no, to the NFL. You've said this so many times. If, it's if so you right. suspend a player, at least let him around the discipline and the routine of the team, especially if it's if it's a street drug or something. I mean, to banish these guys when they need this, but but no, I think the the run defense has been vulnerable even with him. Which is strange because that's that had always been it needs to be a strength. Boy, recently that's not been the case. The Colts are even with 14 takeaways, 14 turnovers on the season. The Patriots are minus five, also 14 turnovers, but only nine takeaways on the defensive side of the ball. Let's run down the uh, Patriots, some of their playmakers on offense, and I use the term playmakers very loosely. Matt Jones, uh, 1,861 yards passing, 10 touchdowns, 19 interceptions on the year. He's been sacked 16 times. I'm sorry, nine interceptions. Daggummit, did I say 19? You did. Well, that would be, that would be Th- something. That would be Im- very impressive. And I already said they only have 14 turnovers. So that would that was definitely not correct. You were just doing that to see if anybody was listening. Exactly. Paying attention. Ten, turn, ten touchdowns, nine interceptions, nine times. Bailey Zappi, the backup, has appeared in two games. The former was it Western uh, Kentucky standout? Is that where he went to school? I believe, I believe so. it was. Yeah. Go, uh, go Big Red there. Um, Ramondre Stevenson is probably their biggest. We'll use air quotes again. Offensive threat with 106 carries, 394 yards, only averaging 3.7 yards per carry. Uh, has 29 catches as well for 215 yards. And I say that because if you look past that, Ezekiel Elliott, hey, Ezekiel Elliott, 17, 73 carries, 277 yards, only 3.8 yards per carry, uh, 16 catches, 74 yards. He's no better uh, for sure in, the, in that platoon of a backfield. And passing, uh, you're looking for Kendrick Bourne as their leading receiver statistically with 37 catches, uh, 406 yards, four touchdowns. Hunter Henry, not bad. Twenty-seven catches, two hundred seventy-seven yards, three touchdowns for a tight end. That's yeah, it is. It is yeah, that's kind of okay. It's, it's there. The rest of this 
Patriots offense is. And you might also throw to Demario Douglas, Juju Smith Schuster, who's got just having has a knee injury that's still not. It's taken away from who Juju Smith-Schuster was, so you see that big name there. But eh. Devontae Parker, Pharaoh Brown, former Colt tight end Pharaoh Brown there playing with the uh, the Patriots. Uh, and they have 19 explosive plays. Uh, it should say two rushing and 17 passing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wondering I was wondering what there, it was going right? to be. Yeah, the math was a little uh, funky. A little mistype there on my yes, part. Yes, that's okay. And uh, the Colts have 36 explosive plays, and they had zero last week, a big old zero. And two biggest plays were Kenny Moore. Yeah, exactly. He had uh, two catches for 115 yards. He was the leading receiver in that game. Throw to him more often. Yeah, they should bring him in. Maybe he can play slot uh, slot receiver. He he knows he knows what slot what's uh, successful for a slot corner. Um, I would love to see Kenny Moore as a slot receiver. Uh, Josh yeah. Downs is out. Give him the opportunity. Throw. I was him looking there. at the, the the Patriots receiving the, the average 9.5 a catch. Yeah, which just it's, doesn't. It just does. It's just. It's, it's again. We lived through that last year. Like Colts fans so lived through that last hard. year. Yeah. Uh, in what's Jones, um, 6.1 an attempt, Man. Frank, and I think even uh, Steichen is like 7.4, 7, 7, Right, it, it's it, it's because you it's so hard to drive the ball, it just is. Mm-hmm. Patriots on defense, the leading tacklers, uh, Juwan Bentley at linebacker has 68, safety Kyle Duggar has 63, and safety Jabril Peppers has 54. So, a lot of people attacking the middle of the field uh, against this uh, this Patriots defense. Matt Judon, four sacks, and I think he had four all of last year, probably against the Colts. Uh, he had double digits, I mean, last year, but like I said, he had four against the Colts last year, is what I was trying to say. Uh, Juwan Bentley uh, and uh, Christian Barmore at defensive end each have three uh, themselves. So let's get to that injury uh, report on Wednesday, which was just a walkthrough for the Colts. No full practice with a uh, unique week here uh, in Indianapolis as they take off Thursday afternoon. As we tape this podcast, like I said, when this drops, they'll probably be in the air already, if not pretty darn close to being so. Uh, But Juju Brents, Josh Downs, Zaire Franklin, Andrew Ogletree did not practice uh, in Wednesday's walkthrough. Uh, you look at Brent's, I'd say there's a 0% chance he plays. Downs and Zaire, and, or maybe a 25% chance for them. And Ogletree, I just don't know enough yet, whether it's 25 50%. Um, we, we've gotten into some other players more so than we have for Drew. So uh, we'll see what Shane Steichen says uh, says overseas when our Chris Hagen is there uh, chatting with him uh, at after practice over there in, in Germany. Limited practice, Tony Brown with his concussion, so trying to work his way back through the concussion protocol. That he suffered, I believe, it was on the opening kickoff uh, against the uh, the Panthers last week, and then full practice, technically full, even though it was just a walkthrough. Braden Smith went through that full practice walkthrough uh, with his hip and wrist injuries that have been keeping him out for the past couple of weeks. I believe he's missed four games, mm-hmm. so he could have could have been on injured reserve, but the injury obviously delayed longer than he and the Colts thought it would, and so trying to get back uh, for this game. Uh, but once again, as as Chap, as you pointed out earlier. Um, it's this game and then a bye week. So well, what, what's the value of, of playing him? Well, you want your best players out there, but at the same time, if it's iffy, like get him back healthy for the, for the home stretch of the season and just let Blake Freeland be out there and, and battle his butt off right. as he's been trying to do the past four weeks. Yeah, an update from practice today. Uh, Braden Smith is practicing. There you go. All right, uh, good sign. Zaire Franklin is practicing. That's a good sign too. And then Brents is not – Brents is the one I'm wondering why they didn't put on Him IR. Put, why, why is he not on IR? I don't know. And Josh Downs is not practicing. Okay. Mm. So, again, I went with Downs. I just – the fact that he tried to go and yeah. he aggravated, I just – you don't want to get into that cycle. Right. No. Uh, as much as he, he is vital to your offense, uh, you've got to look longer term with him. So, so we'll see. Yeah, he had a couple of really good games leading into that unfortunate – Reaggravation of the knee that was bugging him there in training camp. So, uh, but he's been one of the positives for sure, Matt, this year. That like he, it's not just that he's the the five six yard slot receiver that can get you a couple on on third and four. You know, he's shown that he can stretch yeah, the field, field too. Yeah, I, so. I love. I, I mean. I liked him uh, going into the season, and it's it's actually come to fruition this year for him, so it's been nice. It's nice to be right every once in a while for, for the times that we're not right, and we were right on Josh Downs. We, we like that kid a lot. It's been numerous times, uh, more times uh, that we've been wrong than we've been right. But every once well, in a yes, while. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, let's see. The Patriots injury report from Wednesday. Cornerback uh, J.C. Jackson did not practice and will not play. He's expected to miss the entire Germany trip. Um, offensive tackle, uh Trent Brown is uh, what does that mean, Matt? To say I have no <laughs> idea. This, this is what it said: is he 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 was in no practice yesterday. It said not injury related, 
um, personal matter, and then slash ankle. <laughs> what does, does that even mean? But doesn't that mean that it is injury-related? It would be injury-related. Yes, Sounds I've seen that on a couple injury reports this year from the other teams. I'm just like, what does that even mean? What's going on here? Uh, Christian Barmore limited, as was uh, linebacker Juwan Bentley, wide receiver Devontae Parker, and wide receiver Demario Douglas. So a, a relatively healthy, it looks like, uh, Patriots team. Assuming Trent Brown is actually uh, not injury related, only one player did not practice there on, on Wednesday for injury reasons. So, well, and one thing to keep in mind is when you have a guy, maybe Zaire is a good example, that you think he's got a chance to play, but you're adding a nine-hour flight, right, on it. I mean, you, you get him up walking around the cabin most mm-hmm. of the time. So it's, just go do the Russell Wilson and do the the, the knee lifts exactly the in the middle of this. <laughs> Stay active. What? Hey, did you guys? I, I retweeted this. Did you guys see the Houston Texans injury report this week? It was like twenty guys. Twenty three guys listed Lord, on they their. They had a huge injury report when we played them a couple yep, of weeks ago. Their Wednesday injury report had twenty three guys of the fifty three man roster. Twenty three guys were on that Wednesday injury report for the Texans. Just crazy. And by the way, like we we've we've touched on this a little bit, but I think all three teams who drafted a quarterback in this year's draft in the AFC South, feel okay to pretty darn good about their guy. The, the Texans... T- the, the Titans have just transitioned. Exactly. They're, they're, they're there with, with Will Levis. The, um, obviously, C.J. Stroud and the Texans, match made in heaven so far. That might dude, be I, offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, he might be. And, and I will say, talking about being right and wrong, I was wrong about C.J. Stroud. I did not see him making this type of transition to the NFL. I thought he was going to fall victim to the uh, old Ohio State quarterback's curse, that he just had everything laid out for him there at Ohio State, best wide receivers, great offensive line, and that he would seriously struggle, especially in Houston. Not true at all. I was wrong. C.J. Stroud is a freaking good player. He is accurate. He makes good decisions. And they, in spite of having not any huge wide receiver he made threats the most out of him. for him. He, he has absolutely made the most out of everything that is around him there in Houston. So props to CJ, credit to Houston for putting him in a position to succeed that we did not see, that very few people saw. CJ Stroud in Houston, love it. We've talked about, obviously, Anthony Richardson here in spite of the injury concerns that will obviously fester into next year. You have some optimism based on what you have seen in the limited role that he has had. And then Will Levis comes out, gets the win two weeks ago, throwing for four touchdowns in his NFL debut. And I thought it wasn't his fault. No, he wasn't the reason they lost to Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. And that's a tough place, tough to, place play. to play. Good defense in Pittsburgh against Mike Tomlin. Like he, he, he played okay. He did not lose them that game. So still to be determined. But like, like you said, chap, that's a, that's a tr- transition that's been made too. And all three, three of these teams certainly feeling better than, than the other team that drafted a quarterback in the first round who the Colts just beat last week. And then Trevor Lawrence. I mean, what is he? 24. Yeah, I, I mean, so. it, it's it's just it's crazy how this this division is set up for the long haul, and you know Bryce Young, I worry about Frank, I, I really do. I do too. Uh, but that that's what it's as we we beaten to death is if you get the quarterback, you you can build around him. It's hard. It's just hard to build when you don't have that guy. So I, I again, I think one thing we didn't mention is that uh, Shane Steichen mentioned that. Richardson was due back in with the team this week. I don't believe he was at practice because there was a, you know, well, might he make the trip? And he didn't. He said, we'll see. Uh, so, but, but again, uh, we've seen in the 173 snaps, I, I've seen enough of Richardson to know that he's a player. Yeah. You know, obviously the only, the only issue is can you stay on the field? Got to be healthy to be a long term player. Correct. Yeah. So, but no, I, 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 I'm with you. I, I, I didn't know how how these guys viewed C.J. Stroud. But I thought most people thought he was, you know, the old systems player. Mm-hmm. You know, don't muck it up when you got great players around you. But he's played well. And Will Levis, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I'm more confident in Richardson and yeah, C.J. Stroud fair. than I am Levis. That's fair. But He threw a pretty deep ball in that first game that he yes. played, man. Pretty yeah, deep ball. Wasn't what, what necessarily his bread and butter in college. Right. So right. able to do that in the pro game is big for that team. But what's difficult now in the last – is it two months of the season? I mean, Ryan Tannehill is the backup. And he will only play, I assume, if there's injury. Right. That's got to be a tough dynamic for a, for a veteran guy who who is, has been has been almost the face. He and Derrick Henry have been the guys. And they are very much transitioning to whatever, wherever they go moving forward. 
Big weekend for NFL fans as you can get a free chicken shack chicken sandwich from Shake Shack. If any NFL player does the chicken dance to celebrate a touchdown this weekend, which can be redeemed between November 12th and November 19th at a Shake Shack near you. Matt's very excited about this, to put it in the rundown. Uh, actually, I did, I did it because one of my, my coworkers dared me to do it. Because nice. we, we, were, uh, we were talking about that. He's like, is that going to make the podcast this week? I was like, absolutely not. He's like, you should do it. I'm like, well, okay, you know what? Why not? We can talk about it for 15 so seconds. Everybody gets to watch and see if anybody gives a chicken dance this weekend. Who is the cult that is most likely to give a chicken dance? Who is the cult that is least likely to give a chicken dance in the end zone? I think Jonathan Taylor is least likely to give a chicken dance dance in the end zone. Uh Pittman, I don't know. Uh, let's see. He got burned by flashing the peace sign. Yeah, exactly. $10, he's probably he's probably a little little gun shy here as as we enter. So if Granson gets in the end zone, I think Granson could Granson do it. Will, yeah, because Josh Downs might have. Yeah, I don't think he plays, but Granson will. I think you're right. I think Granson's the most likely. And he's kind of got a goofy personality. Yeah, exactly. I can see that. He, well, maybe they can throw a. a, a a touchdown pass to Bernhard Ryman to celebrate. Now that would be perfect. If they do that, I oh my goodness, that'd be incredible. What, what a tackle great. eligible play. Exactly. Get him in there. Get him in the end zone. He has a, a, a good contingent of family, close family and friends who's coming to the game. His, his hometown is uh, Steinbrunn, Austria, 500 uh, miles. And I'm sure they would walk 500 miles and 500 more just to, he, just to see their boy play in the NFL. He said they, he bought 18 tickets for him and they're going to get together. His, his mom put together dinner reservations for Saturday. They got like an hour and a half to themselves. And the last time his family in mass saw him play, he was a wide receiver for Vienna <laughs> in the Australian <laughs> National Championship game. And he caught a touchdown. He said, by the way, I caught a touchdown pass that day. Nice. And now he's grown into a 315-pound ta uh, offensive tackle. Yes, impressive. Uh, Colts Patriots, 9.30 is the kickoff time. If you're watching in central Indiana, it'll be broadcast on Fox 59. Blue Zone pregame coverage begins at 8.30 a.m. So get started early. Let's go. Load up. Get the pregame. I've got to set my alarm. Yeah, I think so. That's a little early for me, yeah, but it is, I'll, no I'll doubt. get going. Uh, but uh, the Colts are favored by one and a half points over the Patriots. The uh, over-under at uh, 43.5, so we're expecting a 22-21 ball game right around that range. Uh, Chap, how about you go first? Matt, you go second with your prediction. I'll go third to wrap us up here. I guess I go the under. I've got 22-17. I normally try to figure out how do you get to 22. I'm not worrying about that. I, I, just, I just think it's going to be low scoring. I think it, they're going to, again, they're going to just beat to death. Don't turn the ball over because I don't think that they believe that the Patriots are going to score a bunch. I think it's going to be occasionally ugly, but it, it, it's so strange that whatever you think you're going to see from Belichick, you're going to see something else. Mm -hmm. But I, I got 22-17. Good, guys. All right. Matt. Very similar score. I've got. Uh, I, I guess I have someone hitting an extra point. I have twenty three seventeen uh, with with the Colts winning. But again, watch it be forty five to forty two. There'll be right? a safety, and there'll, there'll be something ugly, something stupid, weird. Yeah, right. yeah. We'll, we'll make it. I'll, I'll I'll say we'll we'll give us all three Colts uh, Colts for the win. I'll go seventeen sixteen. A thrilling finish in Frankfurt on the pitch. Uh, <laughs> Chap's going to hear all these uh, soccer terms and just shake his head and laugh. It, at it'll me. go in one ear and out. Completely. Yeah, the yeah, other it's the Bundesliga. It's, it's the Bundesliga. That's all I know. In uh, Eintracht Frankfurt on their home uh, home pitch, as I said. You're making that stuff up. No, I swear. That's, okay. that's, uh, that's, that's, that's completely legitimate. We appreciate you all listening to us on the Colts Blue Zone podcast. Follow us online on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone for news and notes throughout the week. Mike Chappell's work can be found online, cbs4indy.com, fox59.com. On Twitter, he is at mchappell51. Matt Adams is at Statomatty. I'm Dave Griffiths at DaveG underscore sports. Appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next week on the Colts Blue Zone podcast.